You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey Dave, how you doing today? I'm doing excellent, Nick. How are you today? Fantastic. Rainy, dreary Friday. Yep. Yep. As opposed to last time we did this, it was beautiful and sunny and uh, probably one of the last nice days we'll see for a while. So today it's a little easier to sit inside and talk about finances, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We apologize ahead of time if we go on for like an hour and a half today. (laughs) Right. We have something else to do today. We might as well record something. Uh, Yeah. And so, um, you know, we've been doing this series on our, on our, financial planning progress. We're going to take a little break from that today to talk about a uh, webinar we have coming up in a couple of weeks for clients and uh, and guests about ESG investing. Yeah. So I know I personally am super excited about um, learning more about ESG investing. It's yeah. something that's definitely gaining more traction. We're hearing more and more about it from not only an investment standpoint and people in the investment world, but mm-hmm. also clients. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that's out there now and it's yes. become mainstream. Yes, for, for some good reasons that we'll talk about in a few minutes. Before we, uh, we kind of tee that up and talk about uh, what ESG investing actually is, it's, uh, it's pretty cool that we're going to be able to bring in a guest speaker for this webinar. His name's Apollo Upescu, and he's a PhD in economics from uh, UC Santa Barbara. He's also a uh, Michigan State University Broad School of Business graduate. He's coming back to uh, to talk to you. He'll, he'll be virtual, of course, but uh, helping us put on an event for uh, you know his old home, at least his college hometown, right? Super so, exciting to have him join us. He should be a, a great speaker and, and yeah, we're looking forward yeah. to it. He's one of those. I, so I've, I've probably heard Apollo speak on four at least four different occasions that I can think of, and uh, maybe a few more if I count recordings and webinars. And he's just one of those one of those people that was born to stand up in front of a room and explain things. He's found his thing to be nerdy about. He's good at it, and he's good at communicating it. So I'm looking forward to uh, to just uh, just listening to him talk about this. But you know, we can talk about it a little bit though. And uh, so, what is ESG? Is probably what everybody is asking. Sure, you know, most people have heard of it. Even fewer probably know what it stands for, and even fewer still kind of know what exactly that means when it comes yeah. to investing. So it's a philosophy, it's an approach to investing that takes into account environmental, social, and corporate governments aspects, in addition to the usual ways you pick investments. Right. So, you know, if you're building a portfolio, you obviously have parameters or philosophies that you follow in terms of you know, how you're going to select from the, you know, all of the stocks kind of in the universe and are, and how do you like break that down into what makes sense to invest in? And so just like another screen for, okay, we also want to take into consideration environmental, social, and governance when we're building right. that portfolio. So, so the E for environmental is pretty obvious, you know, taking into account climate change and carbon emissions and how a company's policies affect the, uh, the world around us in, a, in an environmental sense and uh, what the impacts on neighborhoods and communities are. Yeah, and I think this is one that, you know, is super important, obviously, in something that's, you know, 
with global warming and, and the direction and the trend of things, a, a lot of people are, are kind of confused at first because they're like, aren't all companies like taking part in this? Shouldn't everybody <laughs> you know, be thinking about the environment that they impact? Like, are there companies out there that are still, you know, ruining the environment? And so the answer to that question is yes, there are, you know, and, and I guess to some degree, when you're putting together portfolios, it depends on like the level of standard, like what is your standard mm-hmm. for environmental? Because everybody has like a, you know, standard in terms of, you know, what are you, comf- you know, what are you shooting for as, in right. terms of the company and what they're, how do you take that into account? How do you set like your standard of, okay, you have to at least be meeting these criteria for right. us to invest. Right. And, and you know, we're, we're going to talk to talk about approaches to implementing these ideas here in a minute, but like a good example is along those lines is it, it can be a relative factor, right? Like you might know you want to, in, you need to invest in energy and, you know, you look at the big energy companies out there and some of them are proactively trying to change their, you know, their, but they're still not, you know, obviously a, an energy company is probably never going to be as green as, you know, certain non-mineral, you know, I, I don't know what the right, you know, trying to think of an example and I should have done that before I opened my mouth, but you know, there's, there's a lot of companies out there that aren't going to have any environmental impact or negligible compared to an oil company. But you know, if you're going to invest in energy, you're, it may be a matter of picking the relative best versus, you know, just saying, I'm not going to have anything to do with energy companies because they're not green. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, car companies or, you know, any, like if you, you know, you want to build your portfolio based on modern portfolio theory and diversification. And then when you're in that area, like, okay, the S&P 500 X percentage makes up the oil or energy. And so how do we pick the best energy companies when it comes to environmental? So the S and ESG is for social. And, you know, that pretty much just boils down to is, is this company doing good or is it doing harm, you know, in terms of the, not just the environment, but in terms of, of the, uh, the uh, social aspects of the world. And, um, you know, Facebook is all over the news lately about, you know, how nefarious some of their policies are and how they, they kind of know that they have a bad psychological effect on teenagers and they know that lots of disinformation is circulated through them. And so, you know, the social aspect of how they handle that is important. The example of, you know, years past would obviously be tobacco, you know, Philip Morris and, you know, are they doing good or bad for the world? Um, Are they doing more harm than good? Um, Facebook is a great example of kind of today's culture of, you know, they have all this information that they knew they were not doing they were doing harm and you know, neglected to disclose it or do anything about it. It's, it's kind of the, the current scandal out there. And so, yeah. you know, what are, we, what are we looking at in terms of companies and, and what they're trying to do and who they're trying to be as a company? Then the G is for governance. And there we're talking about how the company is run internally and really looking at whether the company's policies, you know, is, is the company's board of directors, are there interests aligned with their shareholders? Are they being transparent? Are they, you know, instituting anti-corruption measures and following the rules? They're kind of, you know, not only as it relates to the company's board and who serves on that board, right? Is it, you know, Mm -hmm. seven of the same exact person from the same exact background or are there diverse backgrounds that can kind of really help govern the company and how does that, how does it look when you look at like the executive management? Is it all 
um, the same type of person that reaches executive management status? Are they giving opportunities to minorities, um, things of that nature, and, and kind of taking that whole look and approach at how the company is built and how it's, you know, how it's run and from the standpoint of who's in charge? So ESG in general, I guess to sum it up, is really about, you know, taking a portfolio management philosophy that tries to align your beliefs on these subjects with how you invest. And there's really three different main ways to implement this kind of philosophy. The first one that I think I think is obvious to everybody is is exclusion, right? If you believe that, you know, smoking is a is a bad thing for society, then you might want to build a portfolio that excludes British tobacco and Philip Morris. Just to take that one a little bit further, you know, there's a lot of different screens that you can do nowadays. It can become very sophisticated in terms of exclusion. So sometimes it's, you know, based on religious beliefs or, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's, you know, depending on where you fall, there's different ways to exclude and there's different ways to kind of screen for these sorts of things. And then the flip side of exclusion is inclusion. And, you know, when we talk about that, we're basically saying, well, we're not going to exclude companies necessarily, but we're going to invest more in those companies that we feel strongly about. And, you know, again, if you're going to invest in energy, you might invest more in Dutch, Royal Dutch Shell, because they are, you know, doing everything they can to try to switch gears and include more solar and wind and things like that along with oil. You know, it's, and it's about, it's about, rewarding those companies because really when you invest in a company you're rewarding them with your dollars right you're basically saying just like going to the store and buying their products when you buy their stock everybody that buys their stock helps support that stock price which is important to them as as they run their company absolutely And, and you know as an investor the flip side of that is what you know you're an owner technically you know not not sure that you own enough to make a big change but what you're saying is i believe in this company so much that i want to own a part of it yeah, and, and you're, you're, you're voting with your dollars, so to speak. Are you a small business or a nonprofit that wants to market better? Of course you want to market better. Join heavy-hitting marketing agencies and experts at the Michigan Marketing Outstanding Brands Summit. All the big bosses will be there. 17 presentations on cutting-edge topics like brand dominance, how to make a logo that doesn't suck, figuring out what the heck SEO is, launching your own damn podcast, upcoming annoying changes for social media, creating videos that slay, and so much more. Win big prizes and take advantage of exclusive marketing training. Join the ranks of marketing bosses throughout Michigan and meet me, Amy Zander, the reigning marketing mobstress of Michigan. Mark Friday, May 6th, 2022 on your calendar. It's not too far away to start planning now. Follow Zedia Media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for a chance to win tickets. Visit ZediaMedia.com for more information and to purchase tickets. That's Z-E-E-D-I-A-M-E-D-I-A.com. Your presence will be honored. Your absence will be noted. Then the third way is a little more direct version of what you're talking about there, and that's influence. So we've got exclusion, inclusion, and influence. And remember, if you are the shareholder of a company, you are an owner of the company, and you have a say, even if it's a small one, 
in their policies and who sits on their board. So it's very, very hard on an individual level or even on the level of like, say you and I had all got all of our clients together and decided we wanted to, you know, elect somebody to the board of directors. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. But when you get a bunch of big mutual fund companies that are trying to create ESG focused funds and their interests align, they can make a difference. And my favorite example is CalPERS, um, which is the California Pension Plan program. It's, they're one of the biggest single investors in the world. And they are very proactive in focusing boards of, in, in being an activist shareholder and putting people on the boards whose social and environmental policies match their own or match what they feel their constituents. Yeah, absolutely. Great example. Another example that we've seen and, and talked about on the podcast before is BlackRock and kind of what they're yes. doing in terms of saying, hey, you guys need to, you know, update your environmental policy or we're going mm-hmm. to, you know, not vote according to, you know, voting people back on the board and that sort of thing. Kind yes. of holding some of, you know, some of the things that you want to do as investors, we're not going to sign off on. Bringing up BlackRock is a great segue to the, the next thing we were going to talk about, because uh, just general thoughts on ESG investing, it used to be that there was this perception of a trade-off, right? Where if you were going to focus your portfolio only on environmentally, socially conscious investing, you're excluding a lot of companies, which whenever you exclude certain things from the portfolio, you can expect that you might miss out on companies that were good investments. Well, it was, I think it was in, in early 2020, right before um, all the coronavirus craziness. BlackRock, which is one of the biggest asset managers out there, and Larry Fink, their CEO, he writes a letter every year to, to shareholders. And his big emphasis in early 2020 was the stance that if a company is going to be a viable investment for his clients to invest in over the next 50 years, they better get their act together on this stuff. You know, it, yeah. it, it basically saying if you're a if you're a major company out there that doesn't care about the environment, you're going to you're going to not exist 50 years from now because people are not going to buy your product. It, well, it's two things. One is you're, you're going to destroy the earth. <laughs> and <Right>. so, <laughs> so so there is no like long term investment for you. Right. Yeah. And, and and two, you know, people are people are not going to buy your product. People are going to shun you. And that means you would not be a good investment for us, regardless of whether whether I whether whether Larry Fink as CEO of BlackRock really cares about your social stance. He doesn't see you as a viable investment in the long term if you don't get your act together. And it's not in his right. shareholders' interest to invest in you because of that. Yeah. Because you're you're just not right. going to perform well. And that's we've seen that shift. And it's funny, you know, like so many things in investing, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, if you think about it. Right. If everybody yeah. collectively decided to make environmental issues the driving force behind their portfolio, the companies that score well on those aspects are going to see their stock prices go up. Right. And, and then other companies are going to look at it and say, well, heck, we better get on that bandwagon and clean up our act so that people invest in us too. And, right. For sure. and so, you know, we talk about the market aspects of this. A lot of times, I think you see a tension between 
the capitalist concepts, right, that drive our markets and drive our economy, and the social aspects and environmental aspects of taking care of, you know, what, what economists call externalities, right? The things that don't get baked into the price. Well, you know, you can, you can do, you can put companies in a position to do good within that system of the markets and capitalism if enough right. people are on board with it. And sure. that, yeah, that, that really interests me. It will, uh, it'll be yeah. interesting to see how this plays out. It's really um, catching on out there in the press, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I know like as far as when you look at ESG investing, there's a lot of money that's flowing into these types of investments. And that's just kind of the start of these companies starting to pay attention because if they're getting screened out for ESG, they're not in those platforms. And so those dollars aren't going there. So they're probably already feeling some of that um, pain in terms of you know where the, where the flow of money is going right now. So that'll be interesting as that trend continues. Yes. And, and the other thing, the other thing about that as a portfolio manager and as an investment guys is then the, the fund companies pay attention to this and they produce better products to invest in this way. You know, and I think that's part of the improvement we've seen over the last couple of years is that socially aware funds, as they used to be called, were very limited and somewhat expensive and kind of clunky to use. And you had to, you were always compromising, like, like the other, the other part of this, and this is going to be an interesting thing to ask Apollo about is how do you find what aligns with your values? It's one thing to Mm, just say ESG, but you know, so especially like the environmental, yeah, maybe we can reach consensus on that easier, but you know, a lot of social issues, people are all across the board and, uh, finding the uh, approach that aligns with your personal value set is becoming easier sure. because there's more tools out there. Right. Yeah. I know there's screeners for, you know, Christianity, ver- Christianity versus mm-hmm. you know, Muslim versus so other religions that have different beliefs and mm-hmm. how those things are invested. And so I think you're going to see that continue to expand. Well, and I think that brings up a good point too, because part of the reason of, you know, investing in ESG is about, you know, obviously those things are important to you, but also when it comes down to like the psychology behind investing, if you have a portfolio that you feel comfortable in, as in, I mean, I'm not just investing in Wall Street, those guys are all bad. If you have a portfolio where you feel good about those companies, I think it helps people kind of stick through it when there's fluctuations in the market because it's not That's like, a great hey, point. It's me versus Wall Street. It's me versus right. I'm picking good companies, and I I feel good about these companies coming back. It's not just yeah. a bunch of crooked guys on Wall Street. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. That's our ten thousand foot view of ESG investing. I uh, I really look forward to uh, hearing Apollo put his uh, his abilities to uh, explaining it. And uh, like I said, he's yeah, always taken away. Yeah, his he, he's just a good speaker. So I'm excited about this. A good speaker and, and probably rare for someone with a PhD in economics, right? We don't right. usually think yeah. of those guys as... <laughs> yeah. uh, they're usually, uh, great they're usually wearing flip-flops and, and uh, basketball <laughs> yeah. shorts to the office and uh, you know maybe look like they could right. use a pass. 
but uh yeah <laughs> right so 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 yeah that um, should be good um that event is october 26th at four o'clock um we will have a link to registration so if you're interested in that event and want to register for the webinar um check out the show notes of this podcast at srbadvisors.com and on a more broad feature um obviously dave we work with a lot of msu folks um and this is one where i th- MSU used to have a socially responsible fund, one fund in their 401k lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are different ways that you can actually build out of your 401 or 403b through MSU where you can build an ESG portfolio that maybe not a lot of our folks are aware of. So if that's you, if you're sitting in that boat and you want more information mm-hmm. on ESG investing in your 403b or at all, you know, feel free to reach out to us info at srbadvisors.com. But Great. most importantly, we're looking looking forward to seeing most of you on October 26th. Great. Yep. That, uh, that I think covers it, Nick. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. It's been a pleasure Thanks, as always. Get out there and enjoy the day. But, uh, you know, given the weather, stay inside, stay warm, stay dry, and uh, have a good weekend. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tis the season. <laughs> Thanks, yep. Dave. All right. Take care. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.